Sup, y'all? Markeem, another episode of The Nightmare Effect. Been a couple weeks, but hey, more recent than uh, what I usually did, right? <laughs> um, yeah, man, Russell Kingdom happened going on two weeks ago now. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I didn't talk about it. I didn't talk about it at all. Uh, I watched both shows. I watched uh, most of the Night One Live, and I watched uh, Night Two on the VOD. Um, I think that overall it was a successful weekend for New Japan. Um, night One did forty thousand people, which is nuts. Uh, night Two did a little over thirty thousand, which is also pretty great. Uh, so seventy thousand over two nights, which is insane. I can't remember how much Dash did, which is you know still pretty great. I know, I know they did good minutes there, too. Um, I think that we are in a predict position where pro wrestling is just on the cusp of being nuclear again. Problem is, the worldwide leader, we're not going to do that right now, but y'all get the point. Like, it's right at the cusp of being nuclear, where everyone around the world is doing such good business for themselves. You got a new company like AEW, you know what I mean? It hadn't even been around, well, just over a year, hadn't been on TV yeah, I mean, for even six months yet. You know what I mean? And, you know, they're doing big business for themselves. You know what I mean? And you got New Japan doing this number that they did. You got what CMLL and AAA are doing in Mexico. You know what I mean? And all these other companies around the world, we just need Raw and SmackDown to get it together. The, the fucking... I'll get to that in a second. But, uh, yeah, Russell Kingdom. There's going to be a lot of different topics, but let's just start with Russell Kingdom. Um, the pre-show matches were the pre-show matches on the first night. I mean, it's not really much to talk about. Uh, the opener of the first night was the old guys. I'm not even going to dwell on that too much. It was fun to see all the old guys, you know, doing, you know, the usual spots and things like that. Taguchi getting the pin actually kind of shocked me. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it was cool. It wasn't bad. Um, I had to watch this later because uh, I wasn't home in time for it. Uh, then uh, next we had uh, the Suzuki Gun and Lij match to set up the next night. I mean, it was cool too. It was a sprint. It was just pretty much folks doing their signature moves to each other, you know, to set up the next night. And uh, it was nothing, man. Like you know, just to set up the next night, whatever. Then uh, you had the Lij versus Bullet Club match, which is same shit pretty much. So it was pretty much to set up Kenta and Goto for the you know. For the next night, you know what I mean? Nothing much there either. Just a sprint. Then next we got the tag team title match. We got Finn Juice versus Gorillas of Destiny. I feel like on any other card, this would have been fine. This would have been good. People would have enjoyed it. But I think people are so down on G.O.D. That like it's hard, it's hard for their matches to get any heat. You know what I mean? And the sad thing is, watching it. It really wasn't that bad. You know I mean, it was totally fine. Um, it was a nice little feel-good moment with Finjuice winning the tag titles. And granted, that was needed because these belts were so dull. You know what I mean? These belts were super fucking dull. And I'm glad they did it. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad they got the belts off them. So even when G.O.D. eventually wins them again, which they will, maybe they'll be a more hot act and, you know, it will come off a little better, their whole title ramp. But all in all, it was fine. And I was happy for David Finley because you had a dude that's been toiling pretty much in the... In the fucking preliminary matches, winning tag titles, you know what I mean? And he acted like he won the Super Bowl, you know, it was a big deal to him. So, you know, 
I'm happy for him. It was a nice little feel-good moment. The crowd got into it by the end, but you can tell during the match they, they didn't give a fuck for the most part. But, um, yeah, it was cool. Next we got the Texas death match with the weird booking and all that of John Moxley and Lance Archer. And I got to say, this fucking rock, man. This was fucking awesome. These two dudes beat the shit out of each other. Lance Archer throwing fucking young, throwing fucking uh, young lines into uh, John Moxley, and he had a fucking um, you know, John Moxley just unhinged. He comes off like such a superstar in Japan, like they fucking love him there. You know what I mean? It's, it's like legit, like he's a star, but um, a star, star, like a huge star. And then controversial ass take. Here we go. I prefer New Japan John Moxley over AEW John Moxley. You know what I mean? Just me. I don't know how y'all feel about that, but I do. I prefer this, you know, even though he's technically, I guess, kind of the same character. But I don't know. He just feels more, I guess, because he's not around as much. But I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, the the star has kind of diminished a little bit since he left the WWE. But uh, at least when I see him every week on AEW, but not when he comes to New Japan. Like, he still feels like, you know what I'm saying, a huge fucking deal. And maybe that's all because we just see him every week on AEW, and the Japanese fans don't see him as much. And I love how they use him because all his matches feel different. They always plunder, they always brawls, and, and, and usually that would get dull, but the Japanese fans don't see this, or the New Japan fans, not Japanese, but the New Japan fans don't see it as often. So it always comes off kind of like a big deal. I fuck with it, man. Uh, Moxley won with an insane fucking uh, Death Rider from the apron through two tables at ringside, and Lance couldn't answer the 10. Another thing I really liked about this match, kind of being all scrambled and shit, they didn't rely on the 10 count, which is uh, what a lot of companies do, and it's not just me ragging on WWE, a lot of companies do this when they have like a stipulation like this, where they do like Texas Deathmatch, Last Man Standing, something like that, where like, Knock someone down. Count to 10. You know what I mean? They didn't rely on that. And I fucked with that, man. I, I really did like that. Lance Archer was great here. John Moxley was great here. Lance got fucked up in the end. Like, his arm got sliced. and He was bleeding everywhere. But um, it was great. It was fucking great, man. Uh, yeah. Then next we got the match that on most fucking weekends, <laughs> on, most fu- on most fucking shows, would be the match of the show. And in most fucking years would be the match of the year. Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. These two have had so many matches against each other. And all of them are thoroughly entertaining, high-end, match-of-the-year-level type contests. This blew all of them out of the water. Somehow, they were able to just put together a match that was somehow different from all their other matches, but also the same this match started so tame and so methodical. It was like, I wouldn't say like the the greatest story was told in this match, but like they legit built the insanity. You know what I mean? Like it felt like legit a uh, Dragon Gate main event. You know what I mean? Where they just built the insanity upon itself, man. There's a sequence that went viral in this match of Will doing his Sasuke special. Hiromu moving out of the way, trying to hit him with a fucking German. Will flipping over him, landing on his feet, running at him, Hiromu doing his belly to belly. Will rolls through the bottom rope and then does his Sasuke special to the outside. It's the damnest thing, it's the damnest thing I ever seen. I watched this and I'm glad I'm glad I, I got this match. 
I watched this with a young lady who I'm talking to at the moment, uh, who is not a pro wrestling fan. You know what I mean, like later on, because uh, the night this came on, I watched it with uh, Chase and Brandon. Y'all may know him as C Dude ninety five ninety Instant Classic eight. The my niggas, uh, but the um, the following day when I watched night two, I watched it with a young lady who's not a pro wrestling fan, but you know, we was chilling. And she was like, I was like, yeah, I need to watch these shows because I don't want the shit to be spoiled for me. You know what I mean? Because I watched the tail end of, uh, I watched the tail end, like, the night it came on, I came to her crib and I watched the tail end of Naito and, um, of Naito and Okada. So I saw, like, the last 10 minutes as it aired. And I'm going to get to that. But, uh, wait, I was waiting for the VOD for the, uh, for the next night after that was over. And I was like, you know what? Let me just like, you know, just like kind of find something to do until they post this shit. So I cut this match on and uh, she woke up and she was like, oh, you know, what are you watching? And I was like, I'm watching, you know, wrestling. She was like, yeah, you forgot you super in that shit, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we start watching this and like she's like glued to the fucking screen. Like, you know what I mean? She was so enthralled with this match. You know what I mean? The wild shit they were doing to each other. Like she thought Will Ospreay was like the most amazing motherfucker in the world. And, uh. Man, like they built upon the wackiness, like the the counter to the uh, to the fucking um, the fucking Stormbreaker to like the Yoshi Tonic thing they did, or the Cold Red, whatever you want to call it, the fucking Canadian Destroyer, uh, all other counter that Aromu hit, um, the Oscutter false finish, which shouldn't have got anybody, but it got everybody because we don't even beat people with that move anymore. But for some odd reason, you know what I mean, it it got everybody, you know what I mean? It this match, man, like like and then the finish, the finish which was naturally like fucking batshit, you know what I mean? It was naturally as batshit as it needed to be with everything we saw before with uh Hiromu hitting the time bomb, Will kicking out, and him basically just sheer dropping Will on the back of his fucking head. With a move he calls now the Time Bomb 2, which is just nuts, man. Like, <laughs> incredible, incredible, incredible match. One of the greatest junior matches of all time. Like, legit. No bullshit. Like, on the same level of uh, Takahashi and Ishimori from 2018. That fucking good. You know what I mean? Will Ospreay and Shingo from last year. Like, on that, you know, on that type of, like, in most years... Most nights, this would have been the best match, not only of this night, but of the weekend. You know what I mean? In most cases. <laughs> but, uh, fucking incredible, man. F- fucking absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Hiromu wins, man. Now he's the junior champion. You gotta believe that Will is moving on from the junior division now. Because they even, well, they, they've confirmed it now. He'll be facing Zack Sabre Jr. for the British Undisputed Championship. And I kind of think he's going to win. You know what I mean? And that's a spoiler for the next night, just in case you know. But I kind of think he's going to win because I think he's going to start working, working Rev Poor more. You know what I mean? And defending that belt in addition, you know what I'm saying, to being in the I think he's going to win. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, man. Fucking incredible. Most years, like I said, be the best match on this show. Next we got what, what felt like to me. And this is not just me being biased, right? It's not, honestly, it's not. Sweaty swear, swear y'all, it's not. But this felt like the biggest match on this card on the first night. 
Tetsuya Naito versus Jay White for the Intercontinental title. The winner of this match goes on to the next night to main event, January 5th show. You know what I'm saying? Against the IWGP champion. To uni- well, I don't know to unify, but to win both titles. Um, I've seen varying opinions on this match, right? Varying opinions on this match. And I'm a huge Jay White fan. All y'all know this. I wanted him to win. He did not. I knew he wasn't going to. But I was cheering. I had a rooting interest in it. Um and like I said, like he's a very quiet taste. Like you have to, you have to get it. And if you don't get it, I understand. But even I will admit that I was slightly disappointed by this because they had a match last year in September that kind of blew this out of the water to me. Like I still, really, I thought this was great. You know what I mean? Especially by the end where like the crowd was into every near fall and shit, and Jay was just Jay, Jay was Jay was Jay is so fucking good. Like, so far, nobody plays their character better than Jay White. He was so good in this. And uh, Naito selling his knee. And him putting Naito in the TTO. And Naito doing the whole, you know, not tapping out thing. While I legit thought maybe he would. You know what I mean? Because you can never know with this company. Because coming into this fucking show. Or into these fucking shows. There was a compelling argument for all four of these dudes to win these titles. You know what I mean? Like... You had the story with, with Okada just being a dominant champion. He didn't even want the Intercontinental title. He's like, but you know what? If you want to challenge me, whoever's the Intercontinental champ, I beat everybody. I'll beat you too. You know what I mean? Kota Ibushi, you know, with with him looking up to someone like Shinsuke Nakamura. And for the longest, that belt feeling, feeling maybe more important than the world title. Him wanting to, to, to win the belt that he considered labeled you the best in the company and the belt that that considered you that that labeled you the the top dog you know what i mean he wanted both of them you know what i mean you had naito who just wanted to be different who bought this up in the first place because he's like you know i want to win both titles because i keep winning this intercontinental title so you know i'm gonna make the most of this shit and win this ic title and win that other one so there's no denying me at that point you know what i mean and then you got Jay White, who just wants to stick it to the company. You know what I mean? Who just like who feels disrespected by this company and feels like if he wins both of these titles, you know what I mean? Then there's no denying him. Fucking incredible. You know what I mean? Any of these four dudes could win. That's why this match worked so well, man. Like when he had him in the in the uh, in the TTO, I thought it was a legit chance he might tap. And I and the entire time I thought if he hits this Blade Runner, Naito's done. Nobody kicks out of this move. You know what I mean? And there was a few times I thought he may have, you know what I'm saying, he might have hit it a couple times. He never hit it. He never hit it. No one's, still no one's kicked out of it. You know what I mean? It's a very protected move. One of the most protected in all of pro wrestling. So there's that. But, um, yeah, man, I, um, I really like this. I even thought the Gato interference worked, which I, I get, I get the argument people have with white matches now where, like, we don't need Gato in every match. I, I kind of agree with that. I agree and I also disagree with that. Because this is this is the gimmick. You know what I mean? This this is the gimmick. But what does that say about Jay winning every single singles match he has, Gato gets involved. Doesn't matter who he's facing. He should he shouldn't need Gato to be Hiroki Goto. You get what I'm saying? He may need him to beat Tetsuya Naito though. You get what I'm saying? So I don't know, it's a happy medium we can meet here, you know what I mean? Because if you let my guy just have a fucking match. You know what I mean? Without Gato and all that shit, there's no denying him. You know what I mean? Just the dude's incredible. Like I call him, the Jay-Z of pro wrestling. I can't wait to watch this match again 
and catch the shit that I didn't catch in it the first time. You know what I mean? But Naito wins, hits the Destino, pins Jay clean. I was depressed, but you know, it is what it is. But like I said, great match, man. Next we got what a lot of people say in the match of the weekend. I don't know, but it's definitely up there and was the best match on this show. Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi. The, Okada, listen, all right. Will Ospreay had the best year of anybody on the planet last year. Last year. In 2018, I thought he did also. And if not him, then Kenny Omega, right? But Kazuchika Okada has been the best wrestler in the world since like 2014, 2015. Like, he is, he is, somebody may have a better year, but nobody is better than this man. You know what I mean? And this match, every decision that he made when, when they put this together made total, total logical sense with him trying to defeat Kota Ibushi. You know what I mean? He had him, well, you could tell he studied him. He had him well. I didn't even talk about the interest. The interest was great. Okada's was like, incredible. That gear with that uh, with that black light they had on him made him look like kind of like a a, a dominant demon. You know, what I mean? <laughs> um, his interest was incredible. But um, yeah, everything that they that Okada did in this match, you know, what I mean, it made total logical sense for everything they set up going into it. And in stretch is just breathtaking, man. Abushi. Literally having a counter for every sort of rainmaker. Them doing the, the, the sequence where Ibushi, emotionless Ibushi, no selling everything. Stiffing Okada, the crowd's booing Ibushi. That's how they turn on Ibushi. You know what I mean? Because at first, they seem to be behind him, and they turn on him, you know what I mean, when, when he starts stiffing him. And then the, the final fucking, like, the final fucking, like, like, like two minutes of that where, like, Ibushi looked done, you know what I mean? Like, Okada hit, you know, his, his setups for the clotheslines and things like that. And then he goes for the final Rainmaker V-Trigger. You know what I mean? Like, it was so well put together, man. It was so well put together. And then Okada hit his, uh, you know what I'm saying, the spinning tombstone to set up, you know what I mean, for the, you know, the Rainmaker. And then Ibushi counters that. And, like, one last dash, you know what I mean, he tries it again. But then Okada hits him with this fucking Emerald Frozen sit-out power driver thing and then hits the Rainmaker once it fucking incredible incredible goddamn incredible fucking match and in most years will be the hands down clear cut surefire best match of russell kingdom you know what i mean in most years you know what i mean this was as good as any russell kingdom main event we've ever seen as good as russell kingdom 10 as good what's the name okada and um and uh tanahashi as good as russell main i mean russell mania as good as russell kingdom 9 with okada and tanahashi you know what i mean as good as any Russell Kingdom main event ever. As good as fucking 2016s. I mean, as good as 2017s. I mean, with Naito and um, okay, probably better than that one. But yeah, fucking incredible. But it, but I can't definitively say <laughs> that it was the best match of the weekend. Yeah, you know I mean, it. That's how good. If you can't tell, that's how good. That's how good some of the stuff was on these two shows. I feel like this first night. Oh, yeah, and then after Okada wins, Naito comes out, has the face-off, pretty much goes, here we are again, blah, blah, blah. That's your setup for night two, and I was so excited. I think this show has definitively had the higher highs than uh, the second show, you know what I mean, without without doubt. Like, the, the highs on this show are way higher than the highs on that second show. Do I think it was a better show? 
I don't know, but it, the highs were definitely much higher. You know what I mean? The next, we got the second night. Not even going to talk about the Rumble. I mean, not the Rumble, but the Gauntlet. Just know LIJ won. It was fine. Whatever. First match on the show. Hiromu Takahashi and Ryu Lee versus Jushin Thunder Liger and Naoki Sano. This is pretty great because uh, you got the current rivals of the junior division, probably the greatest junior rivalry of the modern era with Hiromu Takahashi and Dragon Lee and uh, the old school rivals. The two of the, well, one of the dudes that got me in the tape trading in terms of New Japan, just for New Japan, not in general, but like, and, uh, and his matches, you know, his clip fucking matches I watched with Sano, you know what I mean? Some of the things that got me hooked in the Japanese pro wrestling. This is really cool from a visual standpoint. The final match of Jushin Thunder Liger, man. And I'm not going to lie. During his entrance, tear was rolling down my cheek. I'm not going to lie. Because this was it. This 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 was this was it. You know what I mean? And, like, look. Do I think, you know what I'm saying, now was the right time? Absolutely. You know what I mean? He wasn't the Liger of old. But he still had a little bit left in the tank. You saw his matches with... Ishimori last year, you know what I mean, or you know his match with Minoru Suzuki last year. The dude still had a little bit left, but good to get out now while you still have something left. Then not at all, you know what I mean. Like all our heroes eventually leave, and a lot of times in terms of any sport, like if you like any sort of sport, all of our heroes get out of the game. You know what I mean, and it's a good thing that your hero can get out of the game when they're at, when they're at you know what I'm saying? A level where they can still give to the game. You know what I mean? Instead, you don't have to see, like, a super shell of, you know what I mean, what they was. And I guess Liger was a shell of himself. But he still was competent in the ring. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't like when Kobe Bryant tore his Achilles and he wasn't Kobe Bryant anymore. You know what I mean? This wasn't, you know what I mean? He, well, he wasn't even good anymore, to be real with you. You know what I'm saying? This isn't like that. You know what I mean? This is a dude leaving when he knows he should. You know what I mean? And... From that perspective, you know, I felt a little better because I never, I never got to see a guy who meant so much to me look completely worthless. You know what I mean? It never got to that point, and I was glad. I was glad about that. You know what I mean, so I, I take solace in that. But it did get to me, and like the girl that uh, I was telling y'all about, the non-fan I was watching this with, um, when I had, you know, when I was crying, she was like, "What's the big deal?" Because she didn't get it. You know what I mean? Because we were watching. And um, yeah, it's we were watching the Japanese feed because the English feed was choppy. The VOD was choppy because apparently New Japan World crashed <laughs> because so many people were watching this show. You know what I mean? Which is a good thing, but also a bad thing because you know you got to be ready for something like that. But it's a good thing because hey, niggas was watching. You know what I mean? But hey, but yeah, we was watching the Japanese feed, and I told her I'm like, hey, uh, the English one is choppy. So I'm watching the Japanese feed. You cool with that? She said, yeah, I watch movies with subtitles all the time. I don't mind a foreign language. You know, we watched it that way. And uh, she saw, like, you know, my reaction to Liger's retirement. You know what I mean? Or to his last match and stuff. And then she was like, you got to explain because I've never seen this man a day in my life. <laughs> and I just explained it to her and stuff. And then she gave me a hug. She was like, it'll be okay and all this stuff. And, yeah, you know, it, it fucked with me, man. It fucked with me. But um, this match was good, man. This match was... Better than the one on night one. This is actually very good. You know what I mean? You can tell this meant a lot to Hiromu and Dragon Lee. Or Ryu Lee. I'm not to get used to that. But uh, what was weird, though, is that uh, Ryu Lee had on his uh, ROH 
Los Gobernales jersey, you know what I mean, with Dragon Leo and stuff. It was weird, even though he was not in LIJ. <laughs> I wonder if on the uh, English commentary they um they talked about that, but uh yeah, that that was weird. But um yeah, man, uh, Haruma won with the time bomb, uh, and that was it for Liger. You know what I mean, and uh yeah, I I was fucked up. I was fucked up. But uh next, the junior tag team titles. Yo and Show featuring Rocky Romero, Rapunga 3K versus the Headbanger, El Fantasmo, and the Bone Soldier. It's Reborn. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call that tag team. The Bullet Club. Uh Rapunga 3K won very, you know, you know, predictably. Uh, it was cool, it was fine. Um the girl I was watching this match with, she really hated El Fantasmo, which is good, you know what I mean? So she was like, he's just like a lame motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's the point. He's a doofus. But, um, yeah, man, it, it was good. You know, I, I ain't got much else to say about it. All right, then uh, next we got um, Sonata versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the British heavyweight title. And this was just a quick sprint of aggressive hold for counter hold. And I was super fucking into this. Um, the the non-fan I was watching with was not. Although she uh, is now in love with Sonata. <laughs> <laughs> but she was she wasn't into the match, you know what I mean? But I was super into it, man. It, it was like a scramble. It was just them scrambling, and they played off all the other matches they had with each other, you know what I mean? Uh, Sonata kept trying to go back to the cradle that kept getting him wins against uh, Zack Sabre Jr. Zack had a counter for it. Zack had counters on top of counters, and it was great, man. But it was so well worked, so well paced. Great fucking match, man. And, you know... I can't wait for them to wrestle each other again. You know what I mean? I hope these two are chained at the hip for the rest of their careers. Because I feel like Zach is one of Sonata's best opponents. And uh, Zach's best opponent is in the WWE. So, <laughs> I'm talking about Walter, if y'all didn't know. So, there you go. But, um, the next we had John Moxley versus Juice Robinson for the U.S. title. And I'm going to be 100% real with y'all. I ain't like this match. I ain't like it at all. thought it was boring. Um, yeah, I ain't like it at all, man. I feel like this is like... In my opinion, Moxley's worst match since he signed with New Japan. Just my opinion. Um, yeah, this I didn't like it at all. Uh, I was shocked by the finish, though. Like, Moxley winning. I thought there was no way he walks out of this, you know, this shit with the U.S. title. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was zero chance. Because, as you know, you know, New Japan of America is a thing. I felt like the U.S. title was going to be prominently fe featured on them shows. Moxley can't appear in the U.S. for them, obviously, because he signed AEW, and it shocked me. But after the match, Minoru Suzuki came out and challenged John Moxley, uh, and they announced that uh, they're facing each other at New Beginning. Now, to me, that gives away that 100%. I think Minoru Suzuki is winning that title, so he can bring it to the United States and have you know main events in the United States with that belt. Because Minoru Suzuki is a draw over here in the United States. And, if you can't use John Moxley, you know what I mean? You use somebody who's a proven draw here in the States. Makes sense. Gato's a smart dude. I think that's what they're gonna do. But um Yeah, you know, I I I you know, I thought it was boring. I thought it was boring as fuck. Not gonna lie to you. But uh that was cool, man. Minoru Suzuki coming out and him and J the match we wanted since John signed with New Japan. You know what I mean? It's the match we wanted. And then when we getting it, you know what I'm saying? So that was cool. It got me hyped. It's Cause it was funny, I got excited and I was like hollering, screaming. I was like, "Oh my God, it's Suzuki!" And then she was like, "Who's this old fart?" <laughs> and I had to, then, then you know, we got into you know, 
some old Suzuki stuff after Russell King. I, I think I showed her um I showed her him and Sugi Ur and she was like, "Oh, oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm 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 bringing her around. You know what I mean? If if I keep her around, God willing, we'll see. But uh maybe I can convert one, you know what I mean? So we'll see. But um uh the next we had Hiroki Goto versus Kenta. I really like <coughs> Oh shit. I really like this match. Um I like the um the character work from Kenta. Kenta's a hateable son bitch. If Jay White's not the biggest heel in this company, Kenta is, and I get into that. But um I thought they they both did really awesome here. Kenta's really coming to his own with this character, this version of himself. He's not 2005 Kenta Rush, fast-paced, beat the fuck out of you, Kenta. He's not that guy anymore. He's older, savvy, I'm going to play with you and, you know, make the fans hate me, Kenta. You know what I mean? And Goto was fine here. Somehow, they, they took, you know what I'm saying, what started with Shibata and kind of like, you know, phased him out of this whole thing because I imagine they couldn't get him cleared. And I don't think he's ever going to wrestle again. We got to stop getting our hopes up. And if he's not, if he's not clear, I don't want him to wrestle. You know what I mean? If he's not at least very close to 100% at some point, I don't want him to risk his life for my entertainment. I don't want him to do that. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, they they did a good job phasing him out of this whole thing and just had them have a match against each other, and it was good. You know what I mean? It was good. You know, Goto with this never title though. I just hope it's temporary. He's facing Shingo for it. I hope Shingo beats him for it. I actually think Shingo will beat him for it and have this shit for a long time. I think this never title will be Shingo's huge push. You know I mean, to where he eventually turns on Naito, which is coming. If you know anything about Shingo, that's coming. You know what I mean? He's going to turn on Tetsuya Naito, guys. It's going to happen. All you LIJ fans <laughs> that love this stable, as a longtime Dragon Gate fan, I'm telling you, do not trust Shingo Takagi. He is going to turn on Naito. Soon as, as soon as he bought Shingo in <laughs> in, in October of 2018, I was like, well, when does he turn on him? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Do not trust this dude. That's that's always been the character. You know what I mean? He, he's not to be trusted. Just it just is what it is. But um But yeah, oh T T public, leave me alone. Alright, uh the next we had Probably the most divisive match on this whole show. Jay White versus Kota Ibushi. I know people that hated this match. Absolutely hated this match. Because they felt like it meant nothing. And the way it kind of didn't. You know what I'm saying? And, but, you know, I thought it was fine, man. It's just pretty much Jay being a dick. And I also think that this is going to lead to something with Kota. Because, you know... Coda, Coda is becoming a darker character, you know what I mean? And although I don't think he'll turn heel, uh, I think if you've seen, um, I, always, I keep bringing up Dragon Gate, but like legit, I think they'll do something with him in, in the vein of, well, I guess this is not, not a good example now because he's a heel, but um, the way they did like BB Hulk a couple years ago where he was like Dark Side Hulk, but he wasn't mad blanky Dark Side Hulk. He was just kind of darker and more vicious Hulk, you know what I mean? And I think that's what they're going to do with uh with, with Kota Ibushi here. He, he won't be like happy-go-lucky Golden Star. He'll have like, you know, just kind of a darker character. Not a heel, but, you know, a lot more, you know, vicious and, you know, calculating. And, you know, just kind of, you know, just not smile and look at me guy. I think, you know what I mean? That's just what I think. 
I think this is just more sending him down that path. And I also thought Jay White's performance in this, I always do it because as a heel, he plays his character better than anybody. I love the last shot of this match right before he hits the Blade Runner. He grabs Coda and he looks in the camera and he winks and he smiles and he does it. <laughs> See, it's the little shit, man. It's the look. He's fucking incredible, man. He's fucking, fucking incredible. And to think, like I said, I used to hate him. And it was funny because, you know, the non-fan I was watching this with, she was she was super into this match because she was like, I want the Japanese dude to kick his fucking face off. I hate this dude. And I'm like, I love him. And at the time, it was funny because I was wearing a Jay White t-shirt. And then she was like, she was like, oh, that's the guy on there. I'm like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> and then she was like, so you like this prick? <laughs> I fucking hate him, Marquis. What are you doing? But yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, love, love, love the finish of that, and you know, even though it was it was super overbooked, a lot of shenanigans in that still. The next, we had Chris Jericho versus Hiroshi Tanahashi, and you know, coming into this show, when this was announced, I was like, oh, okay, whatever. It was a nice little match to have on the show, but then they start teasing like this whole: if Tanahashi wins, he'll get an AEW title shot, and I'm like, wait a minute now, and then Chris Jericho acknowledged it. And he acknowledged Tony Khan. And he made that video holding the title. And he came out at Wrestle Kingdom with the title. I'm like, what does this mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> now, I, I never thought Tanahashi would win because Jericho had lost to Okada. And I was like, he's going to beat Tanahashi, you know, to keep his heat. You know what I mean? In New Japan or whatever. I was like, he's going to beat him. I never thought, you know, Tanahashi was going to win. But I was like, this, it added a lot of intrigue. And uh, I hate that they don't have the rights to Judas. I hate it. I hate it. Because, God, it takes so much away from Chris Jericho's interest. So much away. I don't like Tanahashi's new theme. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Just go back to either the one he had before or uh, High Energy. I mean, Love and Energy was the one he had before. High Energy was the best one. My, like, you know, that one. You know what I mean? Um, but, yeah, this match I thought was phenomenal. I thought it was. I love this match. I know Jericho is a very divisive figure. A lot of people don't like his stuff, but man, like the crowd was super into this. Uh, they told an amazing story. I love the part where Jericho gets up top and he does like the fucking air guitar and he throws it and he tries to hit the high fly flow and he misses it and the cameraman gets Tanahashi and he's like smiling, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's legit like two fucking legends, man. Just like, just telling it a, an incredible story. It ending with the, the fucking line tamer as a finish, I thought was fitting. You know what I mean? Because Jericho had been working over his back the entire match. Well worked, well paced, great story. I fucking love this match, man. I, I, I really did. I, I loved this match. Lo loved it. Fucking loved it, man. Um, the nine fan I was watching with, she loved it too. She really got into it by the end. Like, she was. She, Cause she knew Chris Jericho, cause she was old school attitude era, attitude era gal. So she was cheering him, you know what I mean? Cause she knew Chris Jericho, and uh, she was like, you know, I don't know this Japanese dude, but by the end, it flip flopped to where she was just cheering Tanahashi, you know what I mean? Cause she knew I love, she knew what, she knows that I love Tanahashi, cause I told her, you know what I mean, and shit like that. Cause um, my screensaver on my phone is is like a cartoon drawing of Tanahashi, and I was like, that that's the same dude. She's like, oh okay, all right. But, um, yeah, yeah, so, you know, they told an amazing story, man. I, th I thought that was really great. 
Alright. <laughs> Next we got the one. The one. This is the one. Tetsuya Naito. Kazuchika Okada. All the belts. All the gold. I paused the VOD to explain to this girl. I'm like, look. He is the Intercontinental Champion. And I was like, do you remember that from the WWE? She was like, yeah, sure. I was like, okay. This is the equivalent of if that champion faced the world champion. I was like, you know Chris Jericho, right? She's like, yeah, of course. I'm like, you remember how he was the Intercontinental Champion all the time? She's like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, this is Chris Jericho facing Triple H for the title. And she was like, oh, okay, I got you. I was like, but here's the thing. Triple H was always always established as a bigger star than Jericho, correct? She was like, yeah, absolutely. I'm like, you can make the argument that the Chris Jericho in this case, which is Naito, is a bigger star than the Triple H in this case, which is Okada. This is just for whatever reason, Chris Jericho not being able to break through the grass ceiling. And she was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. Like, she was with it. She was with it instantly. You know what I mean? And uh, I think this is one of the greatest pro wrestling matches of all time. That's just my opinion. I think it is the best match of Naito's career. I don't know if I'm going to say it's the best match of Okada's career. I don't know if I'm going to go that far. I don't know. But if somebody said that, I, I, I wouldn't fight them. Look, man, are there better technical matches? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Ab ab absolutely. I've seen better technical matches. Will Ospreay had like 50 of them last year. You know what I mean? Wasn't just about the technique, though. They told a phenomenal story in this, and they somehow built the tension to where it was palpable. I knew the result because I saw the last 10 minutes, and I forgot. You know what I mean? <laughs> I knew who won, and I forgot how it ended. And I totally just got lost in the match. You know what I mean? She had no clue who won. <laughs> and I have Snapchat now. And I wish my phone wasn't dying. So I can just like. Her in that, in that end sequence. She was so into the match. Like. She like. Because uh, it was wild. Because like. He went up top. To go for the. Um, the uh, What's the name? The Stardust Press. She didn't understand. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, he was going up top to hit the move that he tried to beat Naito with and then failed with. She was just like, what are you doing getting on the top rope? Do something. He's going to move out the way. <laughs> like, she was super into that match, man. And this is somebody who told me that she hadn't watched pro wrestling in about 25 years. You know what I mean? Just saying. Well, 20 years. Like, since like 2000, 2001. You know what I mean? And like, she said like 2000, 2001. So, yeah, you know what I mean? But she was super into that shit. Super into it. You know what I mean? I, 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 I was at a loss of words. To me, it's the match of the weekend. You can argue the junior title match. You can argue Okada and uh, Ibushi. It depends on what kind of human being you are. I would totally get it. Nothing evoked a bigger emotional reaction out of me than this match. You know what I mean? Bravo to them two men. Bravo. It's gonna take a lot to top this match. So far, right now to this right now this day, it is my match of the year. It's also 14 days into January. <laughs> but uh it with that being said, it's gonna take a lot to top that one. A whole lot. Would these shows have worked together as one show? Absolutely. Would this moment have worked the same if it was one show? No, it would not. 
fucking phenomenal. And also, the the fucking acknowledgement from Naito and Okada. He was, you know, we can do this again. You know what I mean, you got me once. I got you. You know, let's do this. You know what I'm saying? Fucking phenomenal, man. And then Naito putting up the fist. I mean, not Naito. Okada putting up the fist. And then acknowledging him and him going to the back. And the thing that I loved about this match the most. When, not, when, when Okada hits the spinning tombstone and the Rainmaker, that's it. Like that's it. That that's that's the that's the finish. You know that's it. When he hits that combination, that's it. You know what I mean, nobody's kicked out of it. Well, hardly anybody kicked it. I think Kenny did one time, but like nobody's kicked it. Not it's rare anyone kicks out that combination like that. So when somebody does it, it is a huge deal. You know what I mean? That's why like it worked. Cause like watching it the last ten minutes when I watched, I was like, oh god, they're gonna have him lose again. And he kicked out, you know what I mean? And the crowd erupted because that shit worked, you know what I mean? Because if you don't have guys kick out all the time, when they do stuff like that, it it, it comes off ten times more important. I'm not going to blabber on and on about that match. Just know that match is incredible, you know what I mean? I showed it to someone that does not like pro wrestling anymore, and they lost themselves in that match, you know what I mean? It's fucking incredible. That's why, I, for that reason alone, I got to go with that, you know what I mean? It's like the match of the weekend. New Year's Dash, you know, they set up matches for um, New Beginning and stuff like that. But before New Year's Dash, when Naito was going to, you know, do the roll call for LIJ and things like that, Kenta comes out and lays him out. I mean, Kenta, who just lost the Never title, just lays Naito out. You know what I mean? And I like that because it wasn't him coming out and challenging Naito, which I'm like, whoa, wouldn't make any sense because, hey, you just lost. Why would you do that? It's Kenta pretty much forcing himself to the front of the line. And I also like what New Japan acknowledged on Dash, where uh, Kevin Kelly asked Jay White, who's apparently the leader of Bullet Club, right? At least we think, right? Obviously, you know what I mean? He asked Jay White, he was like, you said about Chris Jericho that he forced his way to the front of the line when you lost to Okada, and you was like, no one's ever jumping you in line again. He said, like, you beat Naito for the Intercontinental title. He beat you. You know what I'm saying? You deserve a chance at the title just as much as anybody. Are you okay with somebody in your group jumping the line and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Just casting that, you know, that that bit of doubt. You know what I mean? And Jay going, nah, you know, we're Bullet Club. All for one, one for all, things like that. I don't believe Jay. <laughs> and none of you should either. But, you know what I mean? That's, that's New Japan being consistent and calling back the things that he set up before not many companies do that. But, uh, yeah, Russell Kingdom was phenomenal. was phenomenal. New Year's Dash was cool, too. You know, John Moxley standing in Japan and shocking everybody and laying out Minoru Suzuki. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm excited for that fucking match, but I ain't going to lie to you. Uh, them setting up Shingo versus Goto. Uh, Will versus Zack Sabre Jr. Jay White versus Sonata just because Jay White needs something to do, which I'm like, eh, whatever. Um, however, I do think Sonata's going to win New Japan Cup. I think that uh, Jay's going to beat him, and I think Sonata's going to New Japan Cup. Just what I think. And then they're going to do Sonata and, uh, and, and, and Naito, and it's going to be like the seeds of Sonata kind of pulling himself away from LIJ because I do think he's going to split off from the group because they have they clearly have big plans for that dude. Um, but, yeah, man, Russell Kingdom was great. New Year's Dash is great. New Japan is great. Uh what else do I want to talk about? Marty Skrull. Marty Skrull. 
signed a new deal with uh new deal a new deal with Ring of Honor. Um, apparently it's huge. It's very fucking lucrative. And the word is he's the head booker of the company. This motherfucker Marty Scurll is an amazing businessman. And shortly after I found out that information, they announced that for Supercard of Honor, as they bought it back or whatever, they bring it back for um, WrestleMania weekend. Supercard of Honor, Jay White's going to be on it. So <laughs> I don't think that's a coincidence. I don't think that is a coincidence. Just saying. Uh, hopefully Ring of Honor, this means Ring of Honor can start to turn it around. Maybe Marty Skrull is a genius, you know what I mean? Well, he's clearly a genius. But maybe he's a genius when it comes to this booking shit, you know what I mean? It can turn everything around. We're going to see. Hell, dog, they signed Flamito, Ray Horace, you know what I mean? And re-signed Bandito. Now they're the trio's champions, you know what I mean? You got three of the best luchadors in the world in your company. I love the fact that Ray Horace signed with uh, Ring of Honor because that guarantees me he's going to be in Best of Super Juniors. And oh my God, Ray Horace is the best of Super Juniors. Oh my God. But but uh, yeah, man. And Flamita too, by the way. Flamita in shape again, Flamita. You know what I mean? But yeah, props to Marty Skrull, man. Uh, Tessa Blanchard is a dummy. You know what I mean, she's a dummy and she's insensitive. And I don't want to say fucker, but um, it's kind of fucker. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's the impact. You know, world champion, and you know, great. Yeah, that's great for women everywhere. That's incredible. Yeah, you know I mean, a lot of people were fans of her. You know what I mean? All this shit came out, and she pretty much like, you know, pretty much. Oh, these people are lying on me. Address these situations. You know what I mean? But whatever. Um. Yeah, you know, she she's the Impact champion. Brian Cage signed with AEW, which is like the perfect fit for him. I'm happy for him, and I'm glad he's there because he he gonna do so much damage there. And I'm a big fan of that dude. Um. I watched NXT UK TakeOver, uh, Blackpool. I'm not going to review the whole show because there's not much to talk about. Piper Niven doing a Canadian Destroyer to Kay to Kaylee Ray is something I won't forget. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. Piper Niven's huge. Kaylee Ray is tiny. And that Canadian Destroyer was picture perfect. You know what I mean, and that woman's match was really good. Uh, Tyler Bate and, uh, and Jordan Devlin was as good as all the low-end stuff you'll see, you will you saw in Russell Kingdom. I mean, it was a really fucking great match. The latter match was really good. The fucking main event was too long. You know what I mean? Um, but NXT, Triple H, he knows how to do it. You know what I mean? He, he gets it. You know what I mean? Like, he has his finger on the pulse, man. And, and say what you will about the shady politics of the WWE and shit they've done. There's no denying Triple H understands what the fuck to do. I mean, these shows are great, man. I like NXT. I, I, I'm a fan of wrestling, man. And it's, it's, it's good wrestling, which upsets me because Vince needs to go. Vince needs to fucking go. Um, match of the Decade is still coming. Uh, I don't know when, though. It, it's going to be late. It's, it's going to be later, though. But it, it is indeed coming. I promise y'all. And uh, I think I'm going to do 50. I think, I think I've settled on 50. But, um, yeah, y'all. I'll holler at y'all later, man. Thanks for listening to me rant and rave for 47 minutes about a show that happened a week ago and little news tidbits here and there. Is there anything I'm forgetting to talk about? Uh, I don't know. Don't think so. Didn't write shit down. But I'll holler at y'all later. Peace out.